Instagram, or Facebook. The PSAs you hear on Miller & Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller & Condon. About five minutes after the hour of 11, we take you until noon. Trent, red hot yesterday. We'll put him on the spot before we get out of here again. You reminded me. I got to be betting first fives. That's where I got so hot last baseball playoff season. Well, didn't you bet first three last night <laughs> I as did, well? Well, I did both. Her boy. Yeah. And then you won them both. You won I everything. Did. You swept the board. And uh, helped out a, at least a listener who uh, tweeted me last that night. Tip of the ball cap to him. He was a little more aggressive than I was uh, with my Pirates bet last night. Coming off the no-hitter. So, yes, Rodon, we will be See fading Monday. him Monday. <laughs> and might be fading the White Sox this afternoon. We'll get to it here at about 11.50. Lance Lynn, didn't he go the distance in his last start? He I did. believe he did. Dane Mazzatani joins us as we talk Minnesota sports. We'll get into those twins. We're going to talk about the Vikings. Maybe some of the... Well, they were playing. They still are playing really well. They got back in the win column yesterday, the Minnesota Wild did. Mm-hmm. Hello, Dane, Trent, and Ken. Thanks for giving us a few minutes. How are you? Doing well, guys. How you doing? Doing pretty well. And a busy time of year, certainly for you, with all your duties at the uh, St. Paul Pioneer Press, etc. So um, we'll, we'll get to the Wild in a second, but let's start with the with Minnesota and the Vikings. Um, we we see a lot of mock drafts, and it's either one of two positions, Dane. It's an offensive lineman, if the right one is there, or a, an edge rusher uh, to come and wreak some co- uh, havoc with the quarterback. With Hunter on one end, somebody else on the other. Quiddy Pay is a guy we see a, a lot uh, mocked to the Vikings. Are those the two biggest needs, do you think, for this Vikings team? Yeah, I think so. Um, and I would... I would say it's got to be a lineman in in my estimation. Um, I know you're kind of looking at mock drafts. You're seeing Rashawn Slater from Northwestern. Yep. Maybe he's going to be there. If he's there, you got to take him. Mm-hmm. Um, now then, if if he's gone, then I know you have Vera Tucker out of USC and Darisaw. Like those guys, I can see why you would maybe go edge rusher there because maybe you're reaching at 14 with those two tackles, but. I, Look, you look at this team, and and they they couldn't block. They can't block for Kirk Cousins. I know it's gotten better, but you got to invest in that at some point. So I think it's going to be linemen. But but you're on the right track. Like yes, if, if they took an edge rusher, I don't think anyone would be upset. Um, now if Justin Fields starts to fall, oh. I would think about him at 14. I would think about it because he's too talented to fall that far. But I think right now it's it's probably going to be a, a you know a tackle. Or an interior lineman, or you know, maybe an edge rusher, like you're saying. Jeff Gladney arrested on third degree felony family violence assault, yeah, cornerback that, that showed a lot of promise. Promise doesn't matter when you have those things hanging mm-hmm. over your head. How much does that change the draft board? And we know just how good that Zimmer and that staff is developing cornerbacks. How does that change the upcoming draft in your mind? Uh, I'm not sure how much it changes it because. You know, like you said, um, you know, Jeff Gladney had a good rookie season, but none of that matters when, when these allegations are, are, are at the forefront. But you look at the, the NFL draft and, and what Zimmer's done, and, and I know, you know it's become a cliche, but you can never have too many cornerbacks. If the right one is there for him, I wouldn't put it past him. I, I know I just said tackle or, or edge rusher, but 
you can never bet Demerado, you know, liking a, falling in love with a cornerback and taking him. I just think it would be a little surprising because you look at what they've done. You know, they still have Cameron Dantzler, who is really good um, at times. At times, he struggled, but for the most part, showed some promise in his rookie season. I know PFF loved him. Um, then you sign Patrick Peterson, and then you bring back Mac Alexander. Like, so I think they feel good about their corner depth. Um, regardless of what happens with Jeff Gladney moving forward. Um, but it's always interesting on draft night. If, if a corner starts to fall, you think, oh, man, Mike Zimmer might pull the trigger here. So how much influence does he have, Dane? Dane Mizzitani from the St. Paul Pioneer Press uh, joining us. How much, I mean, is it is it, do Spielman and Zimmer, it can't be 50-50. It depends on the organization. Some coaches don't even get involved. They coach who are, are the, the players that are drafted and show up in their locker room. How much influence does Zimmer have? He has a lot of influence. Um, at the end of the day, it's still it's still Spielman's call. Um, Zimmer's been here. He has the cachet, and, and obviously he has the track record of proving if you give me the right guys or you give me the guys I want, more often than not, I'm going to take them to the next level. So he certainly has some pull, but you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's like every other team. It's it's Spielman's call, and you know, what he says kind of goes in those situations in the draft room. But he's very willing to listen and willing to have these conversations with not just Zimmer, with the coaching staff, with other members of the front office. Um, But, yeah, at the end of the day, it's his call. So whoever he wants at 14, um, he'll get at 14. You're talking about maybe a quarterback dropping there. Overall, where are people, where's the fan base, and maybe more importantly, where's the organization with Kirk Cousins? When, When you look at what he is, guy that puts up numbers every single year, but watching him game in and game out, there's times it feels like maybe a lot of empty calories in some of those yards he ends up throwing with. Overall, your, your view and how people perceive Kirk Cousins up in Minnesota. Yeah, I think it's people are just kind of lukewarm on him. Like I don't think deep down people believe he's the quarterback to take them to the promised land, mm-hmm. but he's good. He's, like, he's a good quarterback, and I think that's you know, I was one of the biggest Kirk Cousins critics. I would write columns about him and just how he's not going to get it done. And he kind of proved me wrong a little bit last year. Like, a lot of, like you said, empty calories, but he still performs at a high level. He's extremely accurate. He's good. He's talented. Uh, it's just, you, you start to think, like, can he get it done in the big games? And I think that's where people are at. At the same time, like, you kind of made your bed with Kirk Cousins. Like, this is your guy. You extended him last offseason so you could wiggle around the cap. And I think right now, like, whoever, like, you're not getting someone on the trade market. Like, those options are gone. If you take someone at 14, maybe they have more upside than Cousins, but they're not better than Cousins next year. So I think that's where the team is at. Like, okay. If this is the Super Bowl window, if it's open still, you know, some think it's closed, it's going to have to be Kirk Cousins to get us over the hump. And it's going to have to be Kirk Cousins playing well in a big moment and also just kind of taking care of the ball, letting his playmakers around him and what should be a pretty good improved defense, you know, step up in those areas. So I guess long-winded way to answer your question, it's kind of like how everyone's kind of always felt about Kirk Cousins. Like, he's fine. Is he the guy to take you to the promised land? I think people aren't sure still. You know, you you look at this roster, and and, and I see a team that certainly fits. I think uh, in in contention for 
They look like a playoff team to me. I get that Green Bay is still there, but Daniil Hunter, he comes back, and he's what he was prior to missing last year with the neck injury. Michael Pierce opted out, and they brought him over from Baltimore. He's a terrific guy in the middle of that defensive line. So I think the defensive front is going to be better whether they draft there or not. If they can improve the offensive line, I know that's easier said than done. Uh, Riley Reef is no longer there, etc. Um with Dalvin Cook and with Cousins and with Thielen and with the emergence of Justin Jefferson, who looks like he could be any kind of player. Uh, Rudolph, they, they let him go, but Irv Smith, it looks like it's it's his turn. I think this is a pretty good roster. Um, don't you, Dane? Where's the holes? Yeah, I think you're right. Like, I would peg them as a playoff team next year just because, look, you look at their offense, and they're one of the most explosive in the league. You know, we just talked about Cousins. Like, is he the guy that's going to take you to the promised land in the playoffs? I don't know, but he's a good regular season quarterback, and he has a ton of weapons around him. Then you look at the defense. Well, it was historically bad last year, but it was historically bad because of the you know the people you mentioned. Daniel Hunter missed the whole year. Michael Pierce missed the whole year. Like, those are big guys. Anthony Barr missed 14 games. Mm-hmm. Like, so like, these are big, huge pillars of the defense that weren't there. Uh, you know, you think about the people that the Vikings also brought in and freed Patrick Peterson. Some think he's over the hill, but if he can give you solid play, I mean, it's going to be better than what you had last year. Harrison Smith isn't going anywhere. Xavier Woods is a good pickup as, as the safety next to Harrison Smith. And then, you know, you have Eric Kendricks, you have Anthony Barr coming back to the Hunter, Michael Pierce, um, Dalvin Tomlinson. Like, yeah, it, there's a lot of talent on the roster. And I think people are kind of going to enter this season Maybe a little pessimistic because of how bad the defense was last year. But if you get, you know, even a fraction of improved play defensively, and you can kind of shore up the offensive line, yeah, why not be a playoff team? I think there's a ton of talent on the team right now on this roster. And I think you're going to see guys take bigger steps, too, like Justin Jefferson, who says he can't take an even a, a, a giant leap forward next year. So there is a lot of talent. Um, as far as just being a playoff team. Now, are they a Super Bowl contender? That's where you kind of lose me. But I, I think, yes, certainly. Talented enough to make the playoffs and, and, and potentially make a run. Let's go from football over to some baseball. The Twins limping off to a slow start. A dozen games in, last place in the division. Good news, they're only two games back, a first place. Everything muddled together there. But a slow start here from the Twins. Your takeaway, and coupled with the covid positive case from Simmons, a pretty big blow from the best defender and maybe in baseball. Yeah, I think it's been a disappointing start for sure. I think the bullpen has obviously been mm-hmm. disappointing, but I'm not worried about the Twins. I, I think the talent in the cream is eventually going to rise to the top. Like I think they're, they're going to be able to hit still. I think certain, you know, they've had up and down performances by the pitching staff. But I think you just look at the talent across the board and then the rest of the division, I think you're going to be fine. Are they going to be as good as everyone thought they would be? That's where maybe you can have some questions because I would have just expected them to kind of come out and you know light the world on fire. Um, and right now they can't even hit. Like They're not just bad. They're kind of just like, wah. Like, you know, like, so it's, it's been disappointing for sure because I think there was a lot of momentum and a lot of excitement going into the season. 
now they're under 500 entering today's game, and, and like you said, last place in the division. So they have some work to do, but they're too, they're too talented. Someone that I'm concerned with right now. I think there's in, just enough hitters and enough pitchers on this team where they're eventually going to find it, figure it out. Um, and obviously be contending for a playoff spot. Miguel Sano has to get going. Oh, yeah. for he's he's maybe uh, priority number one. To Hit get a sharp back. one yesterday, just foul. Yeah, and then promptly strikes yeah, out. Indeed. Uh, so let's uh, yeah. let's go to the uh, to the Minnesota Wild, who were playing exceptionally well before the weekend in St. Louis. I, I think they've uh, bettered most people's expectations. They're clearly. Uh, a playoff team. Uh, Zach Parise, weird to see him on the fourth line, and that looks like that's his role. And Dane, how many more years are they tied to him? Did I see, is it four years left on his deal at, at the age of 36? Can that be right? Yeah. Oh. Yep. Four after this year. So oh. it's, it, it feels never ending. And it, it, like, yeah, you would think July 4th, 2012 feels like ages ago. Uh, but when he signed a 13-year deal, and it's you got to play out the duration of it. Yeah, he's going to be 40 years old playing in the Sun City. Well, um, <laughs> you just wonder when if pride will uh, get in the way of, of him being on the fourth line. I mean, he's still contributing in the lib- not playing on the power plays, not doing any PK stuff, or very uh, limited. So, so what about this team? Um, we saw a kid down here, Matt Boldy, who's still here. He looks like the future. Uh, their first round pick. He was a COVID casualty from last year's name escapes me. He was ninth overall pick. Um, so they've got some. They've they they they've built ex- seemingly pretty well. Uh, not going to help them this year, you wouldn't think. Maybe Boldy will get that opportunity. But this is a team that look. They've got to get past the uh, the Golden Knights at some point, and that team in Denver is not bad in their own right. Uh, but uh, the the Wild certainly look as though they can. They're going to be a factor in the playoffs. Yeah, I think so, and I think that's. Right now, if you can beat the Vegas Golden Knights in the first round, regardless of what happens with the Colorado Avalanche, you can just pencil them into the second round. It doesn't matter who they play in the first round. Um, who, regardless of what happens in that series in the second round, like this is a successful season. It's been one. I mean, you've seen promise. And like he said, this, there's a lot of talent in the farm system. Matt Boldy, Marco Rossi was their first Rossi, round pick that's this it. year. Yep, yep. There's, there's other guys, too, that, that are coming up through the pipeline. And I think this season it was important to, one, change the culture, change the direction. You know, this franchise has just kind of been in neutral for, I would say, the last five years. You knew they were probably good enough to play with the playoffs, and you knew they certainly weren't good enough to even snip the Stanley Cup. I'm not saying they're a Stanley Cup contender this year because I don't think they are. I think they could beat the Vegas Golden Knights in the first round, mm-hmm. and I think they'll get wiped by the Colorado Avalanche in the second round. I think but a lot of teams will. You see, <laughs> right, you see progression, though. You see, you know, hope for the future. Obviously, Kirill Kaprizov is at the forefront of that. Yep. But Kevin Fiala can score, too. And I think you look at what Bill Guerin did, or I should say didn't do at the trade deadline, and it's perfect. It's exactly what he should, the, the move he should have made or not made because this isn't your year and that's okay. Like your window is going to be down the road. And I think for him to kind of mortgage the future for maybe a rental and convince himself this was the year that they were going to contend for the Stanley cup would have been foolish. I think the wild's best days are to come. And a lot of that is because of not only the players on the current roster, but the players that they have coming up through the pipeline, um, I think the Wild are going to be very, very good 
for a while. And, and I think you can see, you know, glimpses of that right now. Now it would be, it'd certainly be fun for everyone in the Twin Cities for them to, to go on a little playoff run. I just don't see it this year. Um, but it would not shock me if they got past the Golden Knights in the first round. Finish up with you, little Gophers. Uh, we're going to go on the basketball front first. We'll see if Ken's got something for his beloved Phil Fleck. <laughs> I saw May 1st will be their spring game. But Ben Johnson, getting the job up there. Minnesota guy, has the connections. And it's long been said, if Minnesota, yeah, Chet Holmgren is not going to stay home. You're not going to get Jalen Suggs. But if you get the McKinley rights of the world, you get that tier of guy to stay in Minnesota you got a really good basketball program. Your thoughts on what's happened early here with Ben Johnson and bringing a lot of kids back home in the transfer portal? Yeah, I think it's going to be it's going to get worse before it gets better for the Gophers because you just lost a lot of talented players. Um, but right now, the most important thing for Ben Johnson is kind of rebuilding those, you know, bridges or relationships, whatever you want to call it, with you know, the grassroots with the AAU programs in the area and being a player for these hometown kids that Richard Pitino just missed out on. Like you said, you don't have to get the Tyus Jones. You don't have to get the Trey Jones. You don't have to get the Jalen Suggs. But you got to get McKinley Wright, especially when McKinley Wright wanted to come here. Like, you have to get those guys, and those are foundational pieces that could have been instrumental in kind of shaping the, the culture of the program for years to come. And Richard Pitino missed out on a lot of those guys. I think the fact that Ben Johnson, he already has roots in Minnesota, obviously going to De La Salle right up the road from the U. He already has roots recruiting in that AAU circuit. I think he was the perfect hire. And I think a lot of these guys coming back in the transfer portal right now are a good example of, you know, repairing those relationships that, I'm not going to say Richard Pitino broke those relationships, but they just weren't cultivated in the way they should have been. And I think Ben Johnson is going to excel at that. I think that's a big reason why he was hired. And I like the direction they're going in. It's just they're not going to be very good next year. There's just not enough talent quite yet. Um, But there is, you know, a path down the road, an avenue in which the Gophers can be a force to be reckoned with in the Big Ten because of that talent they have in their backyard. Uh, Dane, listen, I got nothing football wise for uh, for for Phil Fleck and company, uh, but we will uh, we'll talk again. Dane Muzitani, love talking Minneapolis, Minnesota sports with you. Thanks for coming on, Dane. Appreciate it. No problem. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Dane Muzitani, St. Paul Pioneer Press. Uh, as he joins us, we talk a little uh, Twin Cities. Where's Marcus Carr going? Do you know who's he's been? I, I saw Kentucky early. I, the, exactly, and. Since then, nothing has seen much. popped up on my feed. You live on the Twitter feed. You haven't seen anything I haven't seen more. a thing. I, I like oh. the kid. I do, too. I mean, he can play. Yes. And get a little more talent around him. Right. That step back three is, mm. is very difficult to guard, as we saw. <laughs> um, Maybe he'll end up at Vanderbilt. Me. Playing with Liam yeah, Robbins. You never know. Uh, we are going to uh, end this segment by giving you a chance uh, because it's time for another th- uh, to hit a home run, another thousand dollar home run. That's right. Just text the keyword. Don't even have to text it. You don't. You have to. You, that's right. You don't have to text it. Right. You go to kxno.com, uh-huh. and there you enter summer for your chance to win a thousand dollars again. Kxno.com. Summer is the keyword. 
That'll put you in the hunt for $1,000 that summer at KXNO.com. Are you overdue for your dental appointment? Now is the perfect time to get your dream smile. And Fuller Family Dentistry accepts most insurance plans. Fuller Associates Family Dentistry offers a relaxed family atmosphere, anxiety and pain management, and the ability to give you the smile that you deserve. As a family-owned and operated business, Dr. Fuller has been practicing dentistry for over 30 years. Fuller Family Dentistry is located near Grandview Golf Course in Des Moines in Altoona on 8th Street. Come see what the buzz is all about and check them out on Instagram one for podcasting. A business name is important, sure. For one, it's how we connect with you, find you, and do business with you. But what's behind the name matters more. Roshan Corporation of Iowa is now Graphite Construction Group. We're building offices, retail centers, tenant improvements, schools, and more. But the most important thing we build our relationship with you. Let's get started on your construction project. Visit us at graphitegrp.com. Hi, Miller Condon. Welcome back. Just past eleven thirty on Des Moines Sports Station, fourteen sixty KX and O, one hundred six point three on the F. M dial April 15th we do have a little grace period that that date still important in some mm-hmm. respects but May 15th when it comes to taxes we'll tell you about that coming up but right now we're going to talk about the Chicago Bears these Jeff Hughes the bearsblog.com Jeff thank you as always Trent and Ken good to speak with you how are you how busy are you at the Bears blog 2 weeks out from the draft you know it, it, it has felt like this off season has been a, a tale of about seven different stories, and none of them has come to any conclusion. So I, I expect a fireworks-laden, exciting next couple of weeks leading into the draft, and I expect the Bears to make news. Uh, I'm not sure which story it's going to be, but I expect them to make news. Well, the one story I think most Bears fans hope is the one that uh, comes to the forefront is is some is a quarterback a story about a quarterback? We know that Andy Dalton is there, which doesn't exactly uh, permeate culture throughout the fan base. I wouldn't think, but um, might that be one of the stories? Is there a move to be made in this draft with quarterback? As far as the Bears, who sit twentieth uh, in the draft? Well, I certainly think there's two moves to be made. I, I do not believe the Russell Wilson deal is over, uh, and there are several people: Adam Schefter being one of them, Jay Glazer being another who have confirmed that they just don't see that trade being dead yet. And, and again, I, what I'd say on that trade is, why haven't the Seahawks come out and said Russell Wilson is our quarterback? Why hasn't Russell Wilson come out and say, I'm a Seattle Seahawks this season? There has been a deafening silence from Seattle on the Russell Wilson front since this all started. So is it possible they're waiting till draft night when they can get the additional first-round pick, they can get that fourth first-rounder? It would certainly be smart on their end to do that. The other thing is, can they get up to number four, which is probably where they need to get to to get one of the top quarterbacks. But I think the Bears are actively trying to do that now. They are, what I've been told is that Atlanta is not thrilled with the idea of moving as far back as 20. Mm -hmm. So it may take an additional team getting involved to get Atlanta closer to that 10-12 range in the draft. But I think the Bears are, listen, they are emptying the tanks. There is no stone unturned. They have taken this offseason they have had one goal, and that goal is can we solve can we solve the quarterback position? And they're trying everything 
We're going to find out soon if they had enough uh, in the tank. So everybody seemingly has a flavor of the day two or even day three picks that they like. Being in Chicago, there's a lot of people enamored with Ian Book because he went to Notre Dame, and mm. 80% of the people feels like in Chicago are Notre Dame fans, even if they couldn't pound, point out South Bend on a map. <laughs> there they are. Ian Book, uh, Kellen Mond. That'd be the one I like. Kyle Trask, on and on and on. Is there any that you're enamored with at all, Jeff? You know, I've watched enough tape now of Book, of Mills, of Trask to think, could they be backups for a while in the league? Yeah, I think they can. Could they have a couple of spot starts here or there or even a good season? Sure. Mond is the guy where there's so much upside. Yeah, He's a project. There's no doubt about it. It's going to take a year or two to get him up to sort of pro level. But if you're going to take a flyer on a guy in the second round and not expect him to make an impact anytime soon, Mond is the guy that makes the most sense. And, again, uh, the, the hit rate on quarterbacks in the NFL draft, on average, one-and-a-half quarterbacks per draft turn out to be any good at all. So if you think you're going to find your star of the future in the second round, you're more than likely not. So why not take a chance on a guy with tremendous upside in a year that was sort of COVID-riddled, maybe they didn't get the best stuff on tape, maybe you've got a diamond in the rough here. Uh, Mond would be the guy of that group that I would take the shot on. Oh, I got a couple more quarterback ones, and I mean, it feels like that's all that matters with this team. It's been yep. so long; that's all that matters in this conversation. The first part I well, want to go was quarterback news from the Bears yesterday. Former quarterback news. Oh, Jim McMahon. Yeah, yeah. The, t- told us what we all know: the Bears are a crappy organization. <laughs> all right, the Forty Niners at three. They move up. Many people anticipate that's to get Mac Jones, Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't know what it would take. Anything there? A guy that. Well, played in the state of Illinois. From, from all the reports, is that the Niners just aren't interested in trading? Yeah, and they, and so listen, I, I, I got you know I, I'm not trying to headmount Jimmy Garoppolo, but are how much are you improving on Andy Dalton with Jimmy Garoppolo? And if that improvement is negligible, which I kind of think it is, neither one of those guys is your long term answer. So we're back on the hamster wheel again, <laughs> and we're sitting here again with another veteran journeyman stinker. And another eight and eight year, maybe get to ten and six in a wild card burst. I don't think the move anymore can be about, hey, can we get our quarterback position from a C plus to a B minus? It has to be, and this is why, at first in this process, I was sort of fundamentally against dealing a whole bunch of picks to move up in the draft for what I think is a coin flip quarterback. But I've kind of come off that now, and my, my philosophy now is what else are you going to do? Take the shot. Give up the first-round draft picks. If you give up three or four first-round draft picks to get up to number four and get Justin Fields, think of it this way. It's going to be four years before you're done with that determination anyway. Mm-hmm. So if at the end of that process he's not any good, you're back on the hamster wheel again, and you're back to taking another guy in the first round. I think right now the last two seasons have proven to the Chicago Bears organization they went eight and eight two years in a row with some of the worst quarterback play in the league. It should tell them how good this roster is around that position. They are trying to solve it. But Trent, as we've talked about before, they've been trying to solve this for 30 years, yep. 25 years. First round for McCown, uh, for McDown. First round for Rex Grossman. A bunch of firsts for Jay Cutler. Moving up for Mitch Trubisky. This is not a team that hasn't tried to solve the position. They've just failed time and time again to do it. But the only way to handle that is to keep trying. You can't throw up your hands and quit until they solve quarterback. 
they will be purged into mediocrity where they have lived for decades. They've got to keep getting in the ring and throwing punches. We don't know what Ryan Pace's draft board looks like, but let's just pretend we're at draft night here and we get to 10 and somebody's falling. Maybe it's Justin Fields. Maybe it's Trey Lance, whatever it is. The Cowboys are at 10. They have their quarterback. Giants are 11. Well, maybe they have their quarterback. At that point, if somebody drops in, it's somebody that the Bears brass really likes, would you anticipate they would make that jump then on draft night to go up and then get a quarterback? 100%. I think if they can't make the trade beforehand, that's their dream scenario. Okay. Is that either Fields or Lance is there around 10. The jump from 20 to 10, still a big jump. Mm-hmm. You're still giving up a lot. You're not giving up the haul you'd give to get to four. Uh, and it's a risk because if they're not there, you're, you're Andy Galton's team in, in 2021. Uh, and I don't think that excites anybody. And I think if they're Andy Galton's team and they're five and five again come, you know, early November, I just don't know how well it's going to sit with the fan base. So, yes, if, if one of those guys falls to 10, I'd be shocked that the Bears didn't make the move. Hmm. Uh, so late in, late in the in the top ten. So Carolina seemingly they don't need a quarterback now, right? They picked up Darnold. I, I sitting at nine, Denver. I don't know that um, that Patton, uh, who's comes over from the Vikings. I don't think that the, would would they let a quarterback get past them? I mean, I'm not. I'm a Broncos fan. I don't know if they're enamored on Drew Locke. Do they do they let a quarterback slip by them? Well, they certainly shouldn't. Um... You're not enamored on Drew Lack because he's not any good. And I think that these teams, I think these teams wait too long. I think you know with these quarterbacks inside of a couple of years. The Bears knew middle of last uh, season, the 2019 season, they knew what they had. And they waited another year because when you make these picks, you just keep hoping the light switch is going to go on and the guy's going to turn the corner. You're, you have the ninth pick in the draft. You have a chance to possibly get a franchise guy. Is it you take the risk reward here? Do you want the left tackle who could be a great left tackle for decades for a decade, or do you want the possibility of the star franchise quarterback? And for me, I'm always going after the star franchise quarterback every time because I can't win Super Bowls because I have a great left tackle. I can win Super Bowls because I have a great quarterback. That's what the league is, and every team should function that way. Couldn't agree with you more. Jeff Hughes, TheBearsBlog.com. With Julian Edelman retiring, uh, certainly generated a lot of conversation about his worthiness for the Hall of Fame, which doesn't seem like there's any way in hell that it's ever going to happen. But what it's done is um, he's, well, what about this guy? What about that guy, right? And there's been a lot of that conversation, and I've enjoyed kind of following it. Devin Hester was trending on Twitter when I woke up this morning. Boy, oh boy, you know what? You can make the case, right? I'm not sure there is a kick returner that's made the lead. I know he's more than that. He was a receiver, but uh, he's better known as you know punt returns and kick returns. There's a few kickers. Stenerud is in there. Um, is Bland the Hall of Famer? I think he is, uh, but, but not a lot of them. Devin Hester in the Hall of Fame, what would it take for him to get a look-see? Because, oh man, as a special teamer, uh, pretty gifted. Who's the greatest kick returner in the NFL history? I think it's him. It might be. And if you have a Hall of Fame for a sport, and the greatest ever at a particular position is not in that Hall of Fame, then why do you have the Hall of Fame? Mm. That's how I feel about it. Devin Hester changed football with the way he returned kicks. He had a, he changed a Super Bowl by having Tony Dungy kick to him and immediately regretting it yeah. and not even getting near him again the rest of the game. 
Devin Hester is one of the most exciting players in NFL history and we'll never see anyone like him again because the league is going out of its way to eliminate what he did so well. Uh, if Devin Hester's not in the Hall of Fame, I simply don't understand why they have the building up there in Canton to begin with because in my lifetime, he's the most exciting player I've seen in the NFL. He's one of the most exciting bears of all time. And I just don't know how you keep. Are you going to put Adam? If you're going to put Adam Vinatieri in the Hall of Fame, and we all know he's going, yeah, then you have to put Devin Hester in. Speaking of returners, Cordero Patterson will be returning kicks no more for the Chicago Bears. He's off to Atlanta. You see this as a blow, Jeff? No, you know, and I'll tell you why, Trent. Because if you're getting dressed to go out at night, right, and you don't have your fancy watch, you know, your gold watch that you love. It doesn't matter if you don't have pants on. And the Bears don't have a quarterback and they need pants. <laughs> and until they get that, why are you spending, Why would you even consider spending $3 million on a kick returner to return kicks for a team led by Andy Dalton? And I don't mean to kill Andy Dalton. It's not about him. He's just, a, he's just in a long legacy, in a long line of guys who have sat in that chair. And I feel bad that he's now going to be grouped in with them. And maybe he'll have a good year. But right now, the Bears should not even be thinking about vanity players. And that's what Cordell Patterson is. He doesn't have a lot of value on offense. They've tried a bunch of things with him. They never really worked. He's a, he's a good cover man. He's a great return man. I don't know why Atlanta would be all that interested. they got their own problems down there. But the Bears didn't have $3 million to spend on Cordell Patterson this year, and they shouldn't have done it. Uh, Jeff Hughes, thebearsblog.com, draft two weeks from today. Uh, Jeff, does it feel to you like it does to me that, um, you know, it's, it's clearly Green Bay's division, right, still, at the, we're, we're at that point. I think this, the Vikings have kind of separated themselves from the Bears, or am I over the top in that? I look at the two rosters, and I think the Vikings have a better roster. You know, I'm not sure, because I would say this. I think the Bears can play defense. I think the Vikings can play defense. Um, I, I think the Vikings have a more explosive offense. And I think Jefferson will just get better mm-hmm. and better and better. And I think that might be the separating factor. But I go back to I mean, I go back to it again. Look at that division and look at the quarterbacks that the other three teams have thrown at Aaron Rodgers all these years. And the best one of them just left the division. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's around. Now in LA. They yeah. just flipped Stafford for Gus. Rogers must be sitting in a room laughing <laughs> at who he gets to face every year. I used to say this about Brady in the past. One of the underrated storylines of that team and their success was they started every year with six wins because they had three dud franchises in the division for more than a decade. It's starting to feel that way with Rogers and the Packers. There's, you know, Washington, Minnesota goes out and spends all that money on Kirk Cousins and it hasn't done any good really for them in the division. Until one of these teams puts a franchise quarterback and a roster around them, Green Bay's going to go ahead and, and win the division with ease. And sure, I, I could see Minnesota being 9, 10 wins, the Bears being 7, 8 wins. I don't know what the Lions are going to be. I, my jury is out on the, uh, on the meathead coach approach. We'll see if that works. I'm not sold. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I can <laughs> see Minnesota being a couple of games ahead of the Bears this year. Eventually, this window of Bears defense is going to close. And if they go with Andy Dalton as their quarterback this year with no young kid, no exciting promise there, this feels like the year it could come to a head. Uh, Jeff, last thing. I just pulled up in the uh, 2022 uh, first-time Hall of Fame eligible guys in the NFL. DeMarcus Ware, he will get in. Not saying he will the first time. Steve Smith Sr., 
He will get in, I believe. Robert Mathis, Andre Johnson, Vince Wolfork, Anquan Bolden, and Devin Hester. Um, I got to think that... Class. What's that? That's a tough class. That's good. That, yeah, it would be a tough class for him. He should get in. Yeah. But there's a lot of very popular guys on that list. Yeah, I think he'll make the first cut or two, I would think. I think you have to, but just because what you said. I mean, if he's the best to ever do it at his position, eventually you yeah. have to open those doors, right? Kick him down. And and don't underestimate the the uh, personality of the guy making the case in the room. For those of your listeners who don't know, yeah. these cases are made like the jury style by reporters mm-hmm. in that area. I can only assume it'll be Dan Pompey making that argument for him in the PFWA room. And I think they'll make a very credible argument. And again, not to discredit what anybody's done in this league. Steve Smith, different. I think he's the Roy Jones Jr. of the NFL, pound for pound, mm-hmm. one of the best wide receivers of all time. But was Vince Wilfork more impacting, more exciting than Devin Hester? I can make an argument Devin Hester changed more games than Vince Wilfork did. Sure. So that's the kind of argument. The argument's not going to be easy because we're talking about a guy with four or five touches a game. But the argument will have to also include how many times the other team had to kick away from him and change field position and avoid him and what he did to game plan. Listen, I should be in that room making the case. <laughs> I'd be there for four hours. But I, I think the case, he's, I think Hester's going to get in because that will become a central debate around Hall of Fame time. That class you just listed, though, Ken, it's a tricky class because yep. there's popular guys in that. If there was a bunch of jerks, you could say he'll get in. But when there's guys who are media friendly, and have buddies in that room, yeah. it gets very difficult. Yeah, Smith with the NFL Network, DeMarcus Ware does a lot of good stuff. Going to be fascinating. Jeff, we'll talk to you uh, two weeks from today on the uh, hours before the uh, first round of the NFL draft. TheBearsBlog.com. Jeff Hughes, uh, as always, we appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Good to talk to you. Jeff Hughes, TheBearsBlog.com. Three All-Pros. Three Three All-Pros. Five kickoff returns, 14 punt returns, most ever in the history of the league. The Hall of Famer. He was an all-decade player in the 2000s and the, and the 2010s. Jesus, it's a Hall of Famer. It's a Hall of Famer. But it's kind of like the relief or, or the designated hitter mm-hmm. or the relief pitcher. It took a while before Cooperstown opened up to that position. This might be the best that ever done it. I'm with I'm with you guys. It's a position. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's a real thing. Absolutely. Same thing. Best punters. Yes. Best kicker. Ray guys in. Yes. That should be Vinatieri will get in without a doubt, as he should, yep. because it's a part of mm-hmm. the game. You can argue the merits and the importance or whatever; it's still a part of the game. You want to put the best in there. That's what makes a Hall of Fame. Mm. Well, I can't argue, Trent, that uh, we've got only a month left to get our taxes done. Uh, there's been a, an extension, if you're not aware. Most of you, I'm sure, are. Uh, April, today was supposed to be... But if somebody's be... listening to us right now and they're flying around town trying to get their taxes <laughs> Slow done... Slow down! Yes. Slow down. You got uh, another 32 days. Right, and don't make a mistake of going to, you know, just one of those... Um, Pop-up places? Yeah, that they're there and they once they'll be closed May, May 16th or 17th, they're gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike and Jerry Hammond over in West Des Moines, Trent. That's they do our taxes. We're grateful for our relationship. Let's talk about them. Yeah, Vision Financial Services. You can find them on 22nd Street in West Des Moines. 440-1133 is the phone number. 515-440-1133. Vision Financial Services, the name of it. Mike, Jerry, and everybody over there do an incredible job. Uh, help us out. 
the way our taxes go are a little bit different, not as just as, as simple as uh, here's a couple of forms and it's a way to go. They do a great job. They've helped us a lot throughout the years doing great things with our taxes and our finances. Tip of the ball cap, and they can do the same for you. Indeed. We're two enthusiastic thumbs up from both of the voices on this radio program. We'll take a time out. Trent on fire yesterday. Pressure's on when we come back. 1460 KXNO and 106. KXNO. Trent Condon here with you. There's two kinds of rental property owners. The do-it-yourself guy and the renter's warehouse guy. You know DIY guy. He insists on handling everything himself, even if it makes him miserable. Renter's warehouse guys are a lot happier because they let my friends at renter's warehouse handle all their property management headaches. Like when a tenant clogs a crapper, DIY guy grabs a plunger, heads over, opens the lid, and nearly passes out. Renter's Warehouse guy, he lets Renter's Warehouse handle it. When tenants are late with rent, DIY guy interrupts his workday to call them, email them, text them, until he's wasted his entire day. While Renter's Warehouse guy lets Renter's Warehouse handle it. And when a tenant has an emergency at 3 in the morning, DIY guy has to roll out of bed and handle it himself. Because when you're a DIY landlord, your tenant's problems are always your problems. Renter's Warehouse guy, he sleeps. Sleep soundly through the night. When it comes to your property management, let Renner's Warehouse handle it. Get your free rental price analysis at Renner'sWarehouse.com today. That's Renner'sWarehouse.com today or call 515-528-44. This is Heather, and I'm raising money to fight blood cancers with the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society's Woman of the Year campaign. But this isn't about me. It's about funding research to end this deadly disease. I couldn't do it without your donations. And thank you to the many businesses stepping up, like Fiscus Jewelers in Ankeny. Noel's kind heart goes into every piece of jewelry that goes out his door. Let him help you today. To donate, go to the Morning Rush blog at kxno.com or Heather's blog at thebusfm.com. We will fight blood cancer together. couple of minutes of the program. Welcome back. We're in Condon, 1460 KX and 106.3 FM. Keith Murphy just tweeted out that uh, next uh, Thursday, a week from today, the Drake Relays, the high school event, <laughs> is already sold out. Oh, wow. I'm not sure parents realize that. The mm-hmm. tickets and the scarcity of them uh, was going to be in place this year. That's a big story to watch in the next seven days. It's going to yeah. be a lot of I, upset parents, I believe. All right. You, let's, um, you certainly didn't have any upset of followers no, yesterday no. as you were bang on with your uh, forecast. What have you got tonight? Do you like one? There's a lot of day games today. There is, and one of them's already started that I was on. Uh, Padres out to a good start, bouncing back against them after feeding them yesterday. Yeah, they're up for zip. But uh, for me, I'm going this afternoon. Give me Cleveland. Like Cleveland this afternoon. Against Lance Lynn. Against Lance Lynn. I've seen Lance Lynn. Great start. Mm-hmm. I'm ready for Lance Lynn to come back to Earth here. And maybe a little celebrating last night, too, from the Pale Hose. That might have happened. Might have happened. First five, Cleveland. Okay, first five, Cleveland plus for you today. And it's plus money. Murph and Andy coming up at one. Fanatics at three. Morning rush tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. We're Miller and Condon. Weekdays 10 to noon on 1460 KXNO 106.3 FM.